0: This is Elena Becker from the Puget Sound podcast, welcoming you to our spring 2021 mini-series, Remake the World. When a student is admitted to college, any college, their admission letter often comes with a little welcome gift. Think a sticker, a pennant, maybe a branded water bottle. That's what we've done at Puget Sound in the past, but this year, we're doing it differently. We've partnered with five South Sound nonprofits, Citizens for a Healthy Bay, Rebuilding Hope, Tacoma Community House, the Boys and Girls Club of South Puget Sound, and Nourish Pierce County. And in lieu of an admission gift, we're donating to these organizations on behalf of each student admitted to Puget Sound. Each admitted student gets to direct their donation, so to help you choose, the Puget Sound Podcast is launching a five-episode miniseries to provide a more in-depth introduction to each of our nonprofit partners. If you're an admitted student, welcome aboard. And remember, after you've listened and learned, you can go to pugetsound.edu slash remake to choose the organization you'd like to support. With that, it's my pleasure to introduce you and all of our listeners to Citizens for a Healthy Bay, an environmental nonprofit that engages people to clean up, restore, and protect Commencement Bay, its surrounding waters, and natural habitats.
1: Hopsla Hale, good day. My name is Jennifer Keating, and I'm an enrolled member of the Puyallup Tribe of Indians, where I also have the honor of serving as our land use planner in our Department of Planning and Land Use. I also get to serve on the Board of Citizens for a Healthy Bay, a role that I take um, very, very seriously um, and that I have a lot of personal uh, devotion to. So historically, the Puyallup tribe um, existed all over Puget Sound. We were the original inhabitants from Mount Rainier out to um, all through Tacoma, Five, Puyallup, Mm. Edgewood, um, Federal Way, down to Vashon Island, Gig Harbor, Fox Island, Um, Very, very large area that was considered or still is considered our UNA, which stands for our usual and accustomed lands. And that is why the Puyallup tribe is not only concerned with on-reservation issues that impact our water and lands, um, but very much so has an active role in the permitting that goes on all throughout Puget Sound because it's so interconnected. The term water is life that could not be more true for any other group than the Puyallup tribe of Indians. Um, Our origin story actually is that the Puyallup people came from the salmon people. They are our ancestors. And we truly still believe that our purpose on this earth is to protect that water um, and protect our our brothers and sister salmon um, so that they can return each and every year. And they can't do that without, clean water, um, and people, stewards of the waterways, protecting those resources. So one of the reasons why there's such a natural relationship between Citizens for a Healthy Bay and the Puyallup Tribe of Indians is because of the watershed that both groups protect. Um, that watershed starts at the um, Tacoma, the, the mountain, which is now known as Mount Rainier. Uh, that had a name long before settlers came. Um, but was cast aside when it was renamed Mount Rainier. Um, So those waterways start with the the mountain. And that's why the Puyallup tribe actually considers the mountain our grandmother, because she provides life-giving waters for salmon um, all through the estuaries and creeks and down through the Puyallup River and out to Commencement Bay, which is exactly the same watershed that Citizens for Healthy Bay helps protect. Um, whether that be on bay patrols um, or working on policies that protect those waterways, those are uh, very close and very dear to exactly what the tribe's working on.
2: So Citizens for Healthy Bay, or, or CHB, as we'll refer to it, has been in Tacoma for almost 31 years now and was created by a group of citizens that were really concerned about the amount of um, contaminated sites in commencement bay and what that meant for public health and environmental health.
0: This is Erin Dilworth, Policy and Technical Program Manager at Citizens for a Healthy Bay.
2: So commencement bay is the natural estuary of the Puyallup River so where a freshwater river meets a, you know a salty briny ocean type of Um, water body and so but it's been very industrialized and um, and filled in and and basically made it so that like the way that if you look at the tide flats from above you see a lot of right angles and very straight lines you know that's not very natural Um, so a lot of that has been filled in with material to kind of create these very nice straight shipping channels and Um, And so Commencement Bay in the um, early 80s was designated a Superfund site. And what a Superfund site is, it's an environmental protection agency program that identifies sites that have been um, left so contaminated by industry that they're not really safe for people or animals, plants, whatever, to be around, to be living on or nearby. And um, what that does is it basically starts the process to start identifying like, okay, well, this little chunk of land is a priority that needs to be cleaned up um, and, and, and just sets that that um, process in motion to start cleaning it up. And um, cleaning it up can mean a lot of different things. It could be physically removing the contamination that's been left behind. It could be capping it. So like putting a layer of concrete on top of of whatever is in the soil or in the water so that it can't come back up. Um, It could be treating it with another chemical to sort of neutralize whatever's in there. Um, And so kind of all of those methods have been used all throughout Commencement Bay.
0: There have been a lot of success stories in the effort to clean up Commencement Bay. Historically, one of the biggest contaminators was the Asarco copper smelter, which produced a lot of slag, or toxic byproduct, over almost 100 years of operation. Today, Point Reston, a kind of upscale shopping center, is built right where the smelter used to be. Several miles away, the Theophos Waterway, once notoriously polluted, is now a favorite spot for folks to kayak and to paddleboard. There is also a lot of work left to do. CHB is still working with the Department of Ecology and other agencies to launch a cleanup of the last big Commencement Bay Superfund site at a place called the Occidental Chemical Site on the Hilibos Waterway. But CHB has also added to its founding mission. They do a lot of work with fossil fuels and land use policy. They have the only patrol vessel in the South Sound, and they patrol the bay several times a week looking for signs of pollution and compliance with clean water regulations. They also do a lot of education and organizing. Sometimes this looks like traditional youth outdoor education, but other times it's community-wide, a beach cleanup or turning folks out to the city council.
3: For me in my experience, I've always cared more about something when I'm actually like in location and working with my hands and actually being submerged in that landscape or in that environment. I'm Khadija Tividad. I use she, her pronouns. I'm the clean water educator for Citizens for Healthy Bay. So a lot of the programming that I've been trying to put together has been really um, immersive to where if you are on, if you're learning about water pollution and industry, you're on the boat. And if you see like you're floating in whatever you're seeing and it it becomes a little bit more real um and also working with the rain gardens like you're working with your hands you're you're smelling the different plants that you're putting into the ground you're seeing all the different critters that come out of the soil and it becomes a little bit more real and more interesting to where it it resonates a little deeper and then like that's something that I want to build into a lot of my programming so that people are encouraged to be stewards on their own time too in the fall of last year Um, one of my first programs that I was doing was taking our environmental justice camp for girls out on bay patrols with us, um, on one of the afternoons, it was super foggy. And we saw this like really interesting, um, shaped vessel, didn't know what it was, but you know, we were patrolling and we marked it and we dated it or we marked it like where it was located time location. And then I think it was about two or three weeks ago. Um, there was a resident along um, Marine View Drive that called into our um, pollution hotline that had reported a large styrofoam styrofoam spill from a a homemade-looking vessel. And so because we had been out on the water before, it was like, oh, I know exactly (laughs) what vessel they're talking about. After that call, we were able to go out on the water and kind of see... The whole wreckage in, like, to scale of like how how much the debris had floated down along the waterway. Um, we were working with different agencies trying to figure out how to get that, that how to clean clean that up and remove the debris from the beaches because there's also um, residents that live along Marine View Drive and it was starting to be a hazard because um, it was kind of battering along the foundations of their homes. And so what ended up or what started out as a Bay Patrol observation during our environmental justice camps led to like got connected with a pollution report that ended up with another Bay Patrol. And right now it's actually working its way to um, like a, a beach cleanup with CHB, um, Puyallup Tribe of Indians, Port of Tacoma, and a couple more of our volunteers kind of cleaning that beach up. Um so far after that wreckage, I believe we um just CHB and a handful of volunteers alone removed about like 500 pounds of debris. And that was from like water tanks, um like oil booms that were out on that beach. And so having having um having us be out there to observe it before that event happened, and then having the community report back to us like really gave us the opportunity to highlight that area that probably didn't get as much attention as it should have. Um, and so now that that's like call our attention we can go back to that area, do as much as we can to like clean it up, restore it and hopefully like do some work to prevent um, like anything else that, that damage that might damage that area.
4: I think it is really important that we do kind of draw the connection right between the education and the advocacy. And I think that's kind of part of c- citizens' property-based theory of change in a lot of ways of, like, we're not going to be good educators around the issues that impact Commencement Bay and people's health and wellness um, if we're not also doing advocacy around how to, like, um, create so- solutions to kind of rise to the occasion. And so, like, even though some someone might be in education, someone might be in advocacy, we really think, like, the merging of the two is the best and most impactful way to do our work.
0: That's Marquise Mason, the climate justice community organizer at Citizens for a Healthy Bay. And what Marquise is saying is something I heard from all the CHB folks I talked to, that you can't do this work in a vacuum. You can't untangle environment from industry or advocacy from education or water from people. It all matters.
4: The youth that Khadija works with, especially the the youth of color, right? They're the folks who are most impacted by the decisions that I'm fighting against or fighting for, right? And so like, in the ideal world, right? We can we can kind of create a nexus of, of lifting people up the ladder of engagement. And that's probably starting at education. But eventually, um, hopefully they will be an advocate and they can actually take this work into their own hands because like the four of us can't do it, right? Like there's a whole world out there that needs uh solving. And like we can't we we can't do that if we're not educating people first. And I think a lot of times um these issues around economic activity and growth are and I think a lot of times communities of color just get caught in the middle of that um, because we need to improve economic opportunities and outcomes for communities of color. Those are the communities that are most impacted by risky decisions and risky industries and the negligence of the American economy, unfortunately. And so, um, you know, all my work as a climate justice organizer is around better connecting to communities that do not get, um, do, that do not get a say in these matters. Caring about the environment is not a white issue. I think that's kind of something that's happened over... The decades is conservation has been so whitewashed that it, sometimes people like, like to use that then against um, progress, right? And, you know, obviously not in good faith. There's so many roadblocks, and a lot of that is, is education and access and cultural attitudes and economic, um, you know, access and activity.
0: This idea that none of us can do this alone is also something that came up again and again. These issues... Clean air, clean water. They're human issues. They impact all of us. They take all of us. Here's Jennifer Keating again.
1: Working with groups like Citizens for a Healthy Bay to promote not only a better lifestyle for the Tacoma community, but also for our tribal communities, we rely on those partnerships to make our, our voice stronger in a non-tribal community. Because often groups like Citizens for a Healthy Bay have relationships with other uh, environmental agencies with um, city officials that the tribe might not have or if we do by having those partners um, pushing it's it's those are votes those are votes that that they they weigh and they matter and sometimes uh, a larger group set, shouting the same thing seems to get through better than just the tribe um, with our what we're trying to communicate there it blows my mind how often you talk to people and they're like, I hope the work that I'm doing matters. And I just want to shake them. And you have no idea how important the work you're doing matters. How, I mean, the, the existence of the Puyallup tribe, I I don't want my kids to grow up and think that they are a casino tribe. We're a fisheries tribe. And that's at stake. It's that it makes me emotional, but it's very sad. We're at a turning point that, if something doesn't change, there will be no fisheries. It'll be something that we look back on in the story we tell our grandkids. Just the same way that our grandparents tell us when they were here, there were so many fish in the Cal River you could walk across it. Look at it now. So it's very real. The, the risk is now. It's not. It's not later. We rely on the community to speak up. And they do that through voting. Um, And when they turn out and they vote for what they believe in and, and what's important to them, it speaks louder than anything the tribe or CHB alone could do. Because ultimately, we are only as strong as our community is. And when we're one united voice that says being a Superfund site is not acceptable, having dirty air that we can't breathe, being unsafe to live in. This is unacceptable to Tacoma. When we all say that together, that's when change happens. And that's when our when our, our leadership listens is when we all speak as a unified voice.
0: My profound thanks to Jennifer, Marquise, Aaron and Khadija not just for joining me on the podcast, but for doing this work every day. And my thanks to you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about Citizens for a Healthy Bay or get involved with their volunteer programs, go to healthybay.org or follow them on Instagram at Bay. To learn more about the Puyallup Tribe of Indians or the history of settler colonial occupation in Washington state, go to Puyallup-tribe.com. If you're an admitted student, remember that you can go to pugetsound.edu slash remake to direct your donation and support this work. I also hope you'll join us for our other four episodes of Remake the World, highlighting Tacoma Community House, the Boys and Girls Club of South Puget Sound, Nourish Pierce County, and Rebuilding Hope. You can subscribe to PS, the Puget Sound podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts to make sure you never miss an episode. The Puget Sound podcast is recorded and produced by Moonyard Studio. I'm Elena Becker.